My name is Rich Baker, and this is Living the Dream. He was huge, and he looked like this dinosaur, and his name was Bob. I interview some of the rare few who make their living in the world of entertainment. I played a clumsy genie. <laughs> Special thanks to Phil Ranta and the Comedy Podcast Network. Room with the cats, and you'd have like eight cats on your lap. Artwork by Tom Burns. And you get lots and lots of bruises. Lots and lots of bruises. Original music by Diana Lawrence. He was very much like Snow White on a deserted island. Send me an email, livingthedreampodcast at gmail.com. Two or three weeks of I don't have a job. What the hell am I going to do? We also have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash livingthedreampodcast. Because you have, you know, a half a second to make it work. And everything builds up to that half a second. This is episode number 20. I speak with professional actor, singer, and magician's assistant, Liz Bailey. All right. Living the dream, I have with me Elizabeth Bailey. Thank you very much for being on the show. (laughs) Sure. All right. Uh, You're an actress, you're an dancer, you're a singer, uh, you're a magician's assistant. Yes. Which I find particularly fascinating. (laughs) Uh, And you're incredibly young to be doing this professionally, I think. Sure, yeah. Uh, So let's start out with when did you go pro? Uh, when did I go pro? I think I was 12 going on 13. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was doing a, a community theater production of The Wizard of Oz, and um, I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee, and then um, a lady saw it who does recording sessions for kids, musicals, and some other gigs like that. It's actually a really cool thing. So I started singing in the studio professionally when I was 12 or 13. So she was recording you and making recordings and paying you for it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. It was like, it started out at $15 an hour. <laughs> it was... So you awesome. were making more at 12 than I was making at 17. <laughs> Possibly. And more than I was making at 25. But it wasn't It wasn't like 40 hours a week. Well, sure. But, but you were also well under the age that most people true. start. Like, your friends didn't even have paper routes at that yeah. point. And then when you turn 16, it's 25 an hour. Which is still under what it should be. I probably would make more now if I went back and I did not too long ago. I should look into that. But um, yeah, it's just kind of the standard. How long did you do that for? Um, until I left Nashville. Um, so until I was 18. Wow. Um, and then I, yeah, I had a couple weeks off that I came home two years ago in January and I, I just called her up. I was like, hey, do you have any sessions coming up? And so she booked me for two days. Uh, which was great. Wow. So. so this woman has a business that's so good that she can afford to like keep paying people over and over and over. Oh, yeah. No, she's one of the main... There's like two main girls that do this stuff in Nashville. And she, I mean, her husband's a trumpet player as well, so they're in the industry. But she contracts kid singers. And um, we would do anything from like preschool where you have to just be really smiley and cute and lots of stuff about Jesus. It was the Bible Belt, so it was a sure, lot of... Sure, sure. Gotta sing about Jesus. Yep. Which I did not know most of the songs. Everybody else in the room did, which is how I learned. Were they like hymns or? Not really. Just, well, I don't know. Like praise and worship stuff a lot of times. Yeah. Or little things. And um, it was really cool because it was really hard. Because you're singing for eight hours straight. Uh And you're sight reading this music. And you'll get the piece and we'll read it down a couple times. And we'll start recording. And then you have to double... um, sing on top of it so you sing it through once perfectly and you have to do it again why do you, why do you do it again just to get a fuller sound because oh, you, you might only have you know six six or eight singers on it and they want a, a fuller sound on top of it um but it was all legit stuff i did um for music theater international mtishows.com which is pretty much the biggest licensing company of musicals like any most musicals if you do them nowadays like les mis and i 
Susical or whatever. I'm just thinking things. Sure. High School Musical, all those, if you're doing the stage version, you go through MTI shows. And I worked with a guy who was doing the stage adaptations of some Disney movies. So I'm actually the voice of Sleeping Beauty. And oh, you can wow. totally go online and hear like a little clip from MTI shows. And I'm trying to sound like an eight-year-old, and I think it was 16 at the time. But um, it's really cool. So I got to do some of those. And those are, I've actually had friends that have done those shows. And I'm like, yeah, that's my voice. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty neat. So you started out, like, how did you get into a community theater show when you were 12? Like, was were you doing a lot of shows when you were 12? Um, No, I, I grew up dancing. I started dancing when I was like two and a half. And then I was determined to be a ballerina, and then right around the time I turned 12, my body just kind of gave out. Oh. Like, I know, right? Uh, I was already dancing the solos in our studio, like, beating out the 17 and 18-year-olds, like, on point, like, legit, whatever. So I looked to go to another studio, and I did, and the girls were three or four years younger than me and just born for it. Uh. So I was like, this probably isn't going to happen. So I started acting more and singing more, and that's when I started doing community theater there was a little playhouse and my cousin um she had done a show there so I auditioned and then just I think I did a total of 10 shows there in like two or three years wow um yeah the strange thing is once I started high school and actually focusing on theater and music there I couldn't do as many shows <laughs> at the community theater because it would because conflict. you were doing high school shows yeah which sucked because we had a very crappy theater program at my high school but whatever <laughs> yeah um and the whole time you were working and making money singing on these recordings yes and again it was not all the time well it's... sure but you, you were getting a paycheck from age yes. 12 on yeah which is insane to me yeah uh, <laughs> i guess I so i never really thought about that you didn't well i mean it's normal I mean, I thought to you it was cool but i didn't realize like, I, my first job was at a chicken restaurant when I was 15. <laughs> uh, I did work at Sonic for a summer. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I did that. And did then you I, the roller skates? No. Everybody asked me that. It's the first question everybody asks. But no, I did not roller skate. It was far too slippery. And I was not that coordinated. Um, yeah, so that was interesting. So you're a professional up in... Then, then you graduate high school. And mm -hmm. um, then, like, what did you do after that? After high school, I kind of knew I wasn't going to go to college, not mm. for a typical, your standard degree. I didn't want to waste another four years. I, I don't know. It just kind of, the way my life ended up, it just worked out that um that I wasn't going to go, go to college right away. And I was looking into, like, other programs abroad, like in London, doing a more, like, a vocational study for right. musical theater. Um, and then it just turned out I auditioned for Disney in July or so, and um, at the time I did... Oh, this year? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, okay, okay. Back, back then. Back. When I yeah. was... Um, gotcha. Before I turned 18. My birthday's in August, so I was still 17 at the time, and auditioned for Disney, and I got cut from the first section, which turns out were the equity auditions, and I didn't know any of this going into it. Sure. Um, I always knew I wanted to work for Disney. Um, that was actually one of my like life's to-do lists, was oh. Disney was on there. <laughs> and right. I've actually marked off pretty much everything. Wow. Um... Yeah, it's kind of strange. Including being a magician's assistant was on there. I wrote this list when I was like 12. Interesting. And yeah. So, anywho, I auditioned, and then they cut me from that. Then I went to the second call, which was the character performer call, which is, we're not dancers, we're movers. But still, it was a really fun audition, and I killed it, and they kept me through all the rounds. And then they pulled a couple groups aside, and there were about six of us. And they're like, you guys are about the same height range. We don't have any openings right now, but um, 
Worst thing happens if you don't hear from us in six months, re audition. So I didn't think I got the job because that's what everybody. Sure. And yeah. the waiting room's like, oh, I've been in the character pool so many times. I never, you never get hired out of that. Two weeks later, I, it was like two days after I turned 18. And I was actually, I'm not kidding, I was like 20 minutes out of my driveway to move to Georgia for four weeks to film a horror movie. And I got the call from Disney saying, we want to hire you full time. We're going to pay your relocation benefits to move down for a year. So I literally left home to film this movie for four years and I haven't been back. <laughs> and it's, what, five years later. So that's, everything just kind of fell into place from there. So you went to high school and you were in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And then did you audition for Disney in Nashville? No, I went down to Orlando and auditioned. So you just made the conscious decision of like, I'm I'm going to go down for this audition? Yeah, and um. Because I was with my mom, and we always loved Disney. Sure. I think we went, I mean, we've gone a handful of times. Um, and I was like, yeah, there's an audition. Sure, I'll go. Wow, we'll that go is so, parks. I think that is so headstrong, and like, for someone who's 17, yeah. to I, me, I, like, almost everything I've done has been like, well, this is here, so I'll do it, as opposed to, I'm going to go here and do this. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. I, again, these... No. It doesn't seem abnormal it doesn't to you because you did it. I knew what I wanted. I knew what I was going to do, and it just kind of happened the way it was supposed to. Sure. Uh, so, did wait, what was the horror movie about? <laughs> um, another small world. Right after or before I did Wizard of Oz to get that gig, I worked. I did a show called Smoke on the Mountain, which is a very... This is at the community theater? Yes, and it's like a gospel-type show. It's really cute. It's about family. Blah, blah, blah. I did that show with this group of people that produced it. Um, this husband and wife team. And they were kind of kooky. But we ended up being really good friends by the end. Stayed in touch. Pan four years later. I was 17. I auditioned at another theater in Nashville. And their daughter happened to be working there. And I was like, oh, hey, how's it going? Three months after that, I got a call from them saying, hey, we're actually casting this horror movie. We're wondering if you wanted to come in and possibly read for it, you know, Mary Jo, our daughter, just saw you at the other audition and just see how, how it's going. So I, sure. I read for the lead character and then they ended up casting me as the um, crazy best friend because uh -huh. they found a family that, like, they looked exactly like mother-daughter and wow. husband, all that jazz. So I got pushed to the, yeah, the bitchy best friend who was the first <laughs> to die out of the good people in the horror yeah. film. So it was fun. It was a cool experience. I have no desire to go into film for really <laughs> professionally yeah i just didn't i don't know i i i like the journey every night like i like starting at the beginning and ending somewhere okay because every day you do it you find something new and you find something different and this was so broken up and so choppy and sure you know you'll set up for hours to film this one little section and i just find it incredibly difficult to be in the right mindset and to know your character arc that well that you can just break it up like that so it's just not my not my cup of tea and is this like a horror film that i could find on netflix oh yes what's it called sideshow without the w s-i-d-e-s-h-o -E okay oh, i'm not kidding it it was this low low budget thing and then it, it got picked up by lionsgate yeah oh wow yeah so i had friends like we'd be a blockbuster and be like hey just saw your movie i'm like that's weird ha -ha. Like, best buy you could buy it there for a while it Oh, it's, it's going to be my goal to find this movie. It, it is. It used to be a watch instantly on Netflix, but I think you have to queue it uh, up now. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. 
it's crazy and it's terrible and I got very little acting direction and I would change everything so I'm not promising anything but it's it's fun for what it was and it was actually a much better quality than I expected for the budget we had so yeah but um, enjoy because that's yeah so okay so you do all these community theater stuff you do all these uh -huh. recordings you audition for Disney do a horror film get hired by Disney yep and then what did Disney do with you I abused me. Oh, no, well. <laughs> no, they're, it's fine. Um, the character department, you work over 40 hours a week, and it's, you have to do fur costumes as well as, um, dancing and stuff, so I mostly danced in okay. parades and shows. When you say fur costumes, like, dressing as many or something? Something like that. I probably shouldn't say all this, eh. But, um. I don't get many listeners. Yeah, yet. I'm like, you're probably okay. But, um, yeah, as different characters. You have to train through that. Sure. But even like three days into my character training, they said you would probably be stuck doing fur for your first couple months. Uh-huh. Three days in, I got pulled out to learn the Christmas parade, which is like a huge coveted thing amongst the performers. Oh. Okay. And not only did I, I learn it, I was a, I was an understudy slash swing, so I learned three different um, units, three different groups, and all the tracks in that unit. And are these, like, these groups, are they just generic dancers, or are they specific characters? They're dancers, but it was, like, the sh there was a showboat unit that went with, like, Br'er Bear and Br'er Fox. They would be on the float behind us, and then we would dance down. I think there was eight couples. It was a great number. And then there were candy cane maids, which is, like, Rockettes, um, and then a, the Winnie the Pooh characters. So we were, like, these little kids that danced. And so I, I was cast in an another character for the parade, and then... If one of the swings was busy, they would put me in, um, which happened a lot. I actually, I got to dance a lot. So kind of from the get-go, people didn't like me because they're like, who is this new girl and why is she taking my spot? Because they're stuck doing... And because you're a horrible person. A little bit. Well, but, you're um, a little stabby. Uh, you know, I do what I can. So you, how long did you work for Disney? I was there for a year full-time and got to do a lot of cool stuff. I did High School Musical. Um, as a dancer, which I was never a fan of until I started doing it, and it was just nuts. Like, the fans are insane. <laughs> so I did two versions of that, and it was the height of the phenomenon. It was really cool. And then, towards the end of my year at Disney, I auditioned at Universal, Florida, because I was right there. Sure. And, um, actually, story, I actually got trained into High School Musical, and at the time I wasn't that strong of a singer. And, um, long story short... Despite that you'd been paid professionally to sing for yes. six years. Yes. It was a very... The stuff I used to do was very just easy. Right. And then they want... Like, what sells now is belting. Like, pop, belt, loud, and yeah. high. And I'd never done that because I didn't know how to do it. So I was very classical and legit. And so I didn't get approved in this track. And that was really devastating because it's a show I did forever. And I was like, well time to take voice lessons so I started taking voice lessons and then like a month after I started voice lessons I auditioned at Universal and got cast as the Bride of Frankenstein in their Beetlejuice's rock and roll show nice. which is like the biggest diva sassy belter you can imagine which was the complete opposite of who I was at the time and I got cast in that and had to work really really hard to get approved and that show, and even when I go back and do that show now, it's hard. That music is hard to sing, and you're dancing full out, and it's crazy. So I got to do that, which was really awesome. And then I worked a couple other shows at Universal, um, right when Disney, um, my year was up there. So I worked, I was able to pick up work through the holidays, and then finally got 
trained into the Hoopty Doo Review at Disney, which is an equity show. And so that took me out of the character department. I quit characters and then bumped over to equity. It's all entertainment, but it's they're two different worlds. And everybody the equity the department, I assume, is comprised right. of actors who are in or yes. equity actors. You have the option. You don't have to take your card, but you have the option, and you're covered by the union. And um, so there's lots of wonderful rules in place, and um, the character, pretty much any character, wants to be in an equity show. And there's a lot of really talented people in the character department, but it's really hard to cross over. It's almost harder to cross over than to get hired equity right away. Hmm. So I was one of the few that actually that I've known that actually crossed over. So then I started subbing that show. Meanwhile, had taken an audition for uh, Disney Live, which is a completely different company, but um, they do tours of shows, of Disney stage shows. And um, audition went well, didn't hear anything for a couple months, and then got a call offering me a four-month contract touring Europe with Winnie the Pooh. Wow. Yep, as the owl full for costume um, and the narrator understudy which she would have to learn different languages each country we went to wow yeah you it was 67 lines and three songs and you were on stage like almost the whole show and having to react because like they had another person who would be the local host so they would carry most of the dialogue and then we would interject a couple lines here and there and talk so um so that gig started like three days after I trained in at Hoopty Doo at Disney, which was a really big deal. So I, I like Hoopty Doo, it's been around 37 years now, I think. And it's virtually unchanged up until this year, but that's another story. But um, there's people that have literally done it for 20 or 25 years. And so you go in every night, there's six performers, and you go in and every time you have a different cast, a completely different cast, and it's really cool. Huh. It's just, it's kind of a legacy. So I'm I'm really happy that that's the part I got to learn. So Wow. Yeah, and so I got to finish that training and then went to Europe for four months with Winnie the Pooh. My God. Yeah. You, uh, and like, just to clarify for a second, this whole time, you're 18, 19, living on your own, I assume. That yeah. Your parents weren't there or anything. And no. like, so you're living the life of an adult, making adult money, and you're barely an adult. Yeah, I guess so. Damn. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so you tour Europe for four months, mm -hmm. learn a bunch of different languages. Yep. Then what? Go to the moon? <laughs> Not quite. Um, I came back to Orlando. I had um, my, my best friend um, kind of took care of the apartment while I was gone. And then he actually booked a gig with Disney Live, too, so he left and had to get my cat away, which worked out. But, um, so I came back and then didn't have work for a while, so I spent a lot of the money I saved up, um, spent some time with my mom, and then auditioned at Bush Gardens, because I was like, hey, that's not too terribly far from my house. Oh, no, we actually, oh, I came back and my apartment was almost up, the lease was up there, so I was possibly going to move back to Tennessee. But then we had a friend who needed a couple, a roommate or two. So me and my bestie, we moved into his house uh -huh. um, and lived there for a while, which was actually closer to Tampa. Because Tampa's pretty far from Orlando. It's like an hour, hour and a half. And it okay. was, Bush Gardens was literally an hour from uh, my house there in Orlando. So I took the job and it was an animal show. So I sang and 
performed with a plethora of different animals for like? six months. Lots of cats, lots of dogs, lots of exotic birds. We had a kangaroo, a wallaby, an emu, um, a big old stork, and it, just lots of birds. I mostly interacted with the birds and then the cats and the dogs. What else? We had some crazy stuff. And then when we got the kangaroo, it was a baby, so we got to, like, feed it a bottle, and it was really neat. I think we had, like, close to 20 dogs and 25 cats and then 30 birds, something like that. And um, I was lucky because my, my job there, I, I was the one actor, quote-unquote, um, so I sang a song. It was very much like Snow White on a deserted island. So I, like, literally, it was all these animals would run out and do these different behaviors. Like, a, one would fly down with, like, a letter and put it in a mailbox and put the flag up. And then another bird would come and put a, a flower in the vase. A dog would come out, fill up a pail of water. And then I came out once he, another dog would take off my blanket and I was in this hammock. Wow. Sorry, if you can hear that, that is the anchor on the boat that we're on. And it sounds like the apocalypse. There we go. And we're dead. I'm sorry, you were saying? <laughs> this. What is up with this anger? This might get edited, it might not. We'll find out. <laughs> Go ahead, so, please. I would uh, sing this little cheesy, cheesy song. Uh, recording stopped for some random reason, but it seems to be going fine now. So. So you sang that song, and yeah. birds go around, and animals flutter yes. to you. And there were two other actors in the show, but they were also animal trainers. It was two different companies. So one mostly worked with cats and dogs, and then the other did the birds. And um, it was really awesome, because we did three shows a day, and I wasn't responsible for any of the caretaking or cleaning. Yeah. So all I would do would be my shows, and then, like, go have my lunch break with the cats like I'd sit in this room with the cats and you'd have like eight cats on your lap or you go pet the dogs go talk to the birds they'll talk back like it was awesome some of the stuff they could do is just crazy so that was my all-time favorite job wow um yeah and um the company was not my all-time favorite but um there's flaws with anything and it was a far drive. But other than that, I would still be there because it was just awesome. It was so cool. So, oh, we got a, we, we got a condor at one point. Like this, I don't know, like what, four-foot bird who had like an 11-foot wingspan. He was huge, and he looked like this dinosaur, and his name was Bob. And he would like kind of chase you around. He was really cool, but wow. I think he was my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was Bush Gardens. Yeah. So now that you've worked since you were 12, toured Europe, uh, been promoted quickly at Disney, and then worked with exotic animals, <laughs> living the... You are living the dream. Something like that. crazy. Uh, so then what happened? <laughs> well, that job started to end. I started getting fed up there. I'm only good for like six months at anything. I just get bored. Um, and so I quit there, and meanwhile I kind of subbed a couple stages at, at Disney and Universal, so I could, if it was really busy, I could pick up shifts, but from that point, no joke, one night I was like, I need work, so I was about to go pick up applications at the mall for like Victoria's Secret and Bath and Body Works, just something 
till the next gig came, and um, that night I was looking on Craigslist um, for just random gigs and found this app for a magician's assistant. And the posting was like a month old, and it said for a cruise ship, and I was thinking like really stupid, campy, like one guy, one girl kind of a thing. But um, it's something I always wanted to do, so I emailed back, and I was like, hey, I'm interested. And then I heard back from the guy, and he's like, we're going to set up a time, and then he never emailed me back. So I waited a week and contacted him again. We set up an audition. Um, their warehouse, they have, there's these two magicians that work together. They have a full, huge warehouse where they store all their stuff and rehearse. It was literally five minutes from my house, and they live like 40 minutes away. So it was five minutes from my house. I go audition, climb in a box, I fit, and... Uh, <laughs> That's, pretty... that's, that's a big that's a big part of the audition. <laughs> it Can you fit really in the box? Is. It really was. That was a big part. And it was a hard illusion, too. Um, and then they really liked me. And long story short, I started working for the main magician. Um, his wife used, used to do it, and then she had a baby. So they've trained in a couple other girls. And it was on Royal Caribbean. It was on the largest cruise ship in the world at the time. It was this massive show. It was gorgeous. And I was the featured assistant, and we did all these huge illusions with, like, a full team of dancers, two production singers. Crazy. And uh, we would fly on the ship for a week, do a show, or do two shows Friday, two shows Monday, and then fly home for a week. So I got to work um, in Orlando, too. And at the time, I started working at Arabian Nights Dinner Attraction, which features horses. <laughs> of course it does. And of I, course it does. I played a clumsy genie <laughs> for pretty good money and climbed around in an arena. My name was Hocus Pocus, and I was not a very good genie, but I got better at the end and saved the day. So that <laughs> happened. Um, so I got to work both gigs simultaneously, and then his wife came back on the ship, and I stopped working with him. Now, had you ever worked with a magician before in, no. in anything in magic? Nope. So, like, the audition was not so much what you knew to do, but if you could, like, do it and be trained they and stuff like that? They had me do, like, a dance. Like, I had to choreograph a little dance to see if I could move, because a lot of it is movement. Yeah. And just the way you carry your body, and then climb in an illusion and see if I was uncomfortable, which you always are, but it was tolerable. And then um, I just really clicked well with him and then we started rehearsing on land then rehearsed on the ship and it's magic is a bizarre bizarre thing and I actually ended up being really good at it um which not everybody is and the, the way their style which I like it kind of it adds more storytelling into it so you, I was an actress and we actually got to apply those skills and I was I think I was 20 at the time and um the guy the magician I was working with was twice my age but I would give him notes and try to kind of revamp some of the routines to make them have more of a storyline and all this. And he would take my notes and he would listen and he's wow. been in this industry for forever. and For literally as long as you've been alive. Yep. And he would listen and change things and that was really cool. So I got to work with him on some other stuff, which was nice. And they're still doing well, but um, magics it's just weird. It's a very weird thing. There's so many layers to it and it can never be perfect. And that's part of the reason why I like it, and part of the reason I still get really, really nervous, because you have, you know, a half a second to make it work, and everything builds up to that half a second. Yeah. And you can blow it, because the assistant is the one doing all the work most of the time. Well. So, it's cool. 
So, uh, was it disappointing in any way to find out how no, all the tricks worked? Awesome. Okay. It was so great. Because I, I would always watch those shows on TV, like Magic Secrets Revealed, which, come to find out, it's not how they actually do them. Um. <laughs> I hate this ship. I love this ship, but I hate these things. Okay. There we go. So, you find out how... You, you Everything actually works. And kind of once you get the gist, you I can pretty much figure everything else out. At least, like, the basic mechanics behind it. Yeah. Um, Not knowing the details. But even if somebody's like, oh, it's a mirror, or oh, it's this, that might be true, but there's so many other pieces that have to be... Oh, yeah. That have to fall into place perfectly, or else it does not work at all. And that's what people don't understand, is that, sure, it's... That might be how you do it, but there's so much more to it. And you get lots and lots of bruises. Lots and lots of bruises. Hmm. So, I was black and blue <laughs> after my week. I can't... I, I have pictures to prove it. It that, was bad. Did that uh, experience at all make you want to go into magic? Uh, I think I would get bored of it after a while, just because it is sure, really... Sure, after six months, you've already said that. It's true. <laughs> it is true, but it's... Magic is it's particularly uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, like, I don't mind gigging every once in a while. Like, on this this current contract, I've worked with two of the magicians on the ship and a couple of illusions and things. And I, I love learning new illusions and trying them out, but um, it's still so much pressure. Um, so, I don't know. His wife's done it with him for 12 years, and she still does it, but that's kind of all she can do. And she's good at it, but I don't know. I don't think I want to move to Vegas and be an expendable assistant there. Well... Have you... I don't think I've ever seen a female magician. Like, there are some. So, but, like, you could you could just skip the assistant gig and just go and be the magician. See, but then that takes marketing yourself and having a gimmick and this having all sounds money. sounds like work. It yeah. is. I like people telling me what to do. That's You prefer thing. to just let miracle gig after miracle gig Please. fall in your lap yeah. over and over and over. Hardly falling in my lap. Because you always have those two or three weeks of, I don't have a job. What the hell am I going to do? All right, Taco Bell, here we are. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not really exaggerating, though, because this sure. the, the reason I've worked so much is the second I will land that job, I'm already looking for other jobs. I got this gig in, what, May? Something like that. And I went to New York in June and took eight auditions in three days to try to find work for next April. Like, that's... I'm already trying to book... After this eight-month contract, I'm trying to book work to have something to go to. And um, it's just crazy. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I, obviously what's been working for you so far is working pretty well. Uh, is is that just your plan to continue kind of hustling gigs for the moment? Or do you think you'll at some point pretty go to much. school? Or? I got lucky. Um, last year, I really started booking theater stuff. I made some really good connections at a couple equity theaters. So I started booking leads and I did Oklahoma and then a Christmas show where they wrote a lead part for me. And then I did a little shop of horrors. I did Amber and hairspray. And then I was supposed to do, um, Shelby and steel magnolias. And then I got this contract instead. So I actually started booking equity contracts, which is really hard to do right now. Um, so I had that momentum going and then I took this job, but, um, I will be able to save up a lot. My initial goal was to move to New York at the end of this contract and just audition, audition for a few months and try to book work for the next season. But yeah. I don't think that's going to pan out. Um, 
just timing wise we they offered us an extension and they forced us to extend two weeks so I'm here till the end of March and it's just not the right time so I'm hoping to do another cruise ship and save up some more and then get back into actual theater have you ever lived in New York before I have not so this is just another like well I'm gonna try this out. Yeah, you've got to at some point if you're gonna do theater. I'm sure. not really looking to be on Broadway. I just want to gig and work. Yeah, that's my goal, and I my I just don't want to wait tables. I am that stubborn that as long as there's brands in Missouri, I won't have to. So that's my <laughs> my philosophy. Some people well, think and I they think will. it sounds like Disney's pr- pr- gonna be pretty well, if you wanted to go back. Like that's the thing taking this long of a contract I don't really have anything to go back to in Orlando so I'm pl- I'm, I am moving away from Orlando and that's been my home for five years but I feel like I've kind of tapped out of all the resources there yeah so I'm moving my stuff back to Nashville and um we'll see what happens from there sure so if uh any play or musical that's that you know of ever in time uh what would be your ideal role Um, okay, a couple come to mind. One, last five years, Kathy, it's a great show. Jason Robert Brown, fantastic score, really obscure. Lately, I've been kind of obsessed with Xanadu. All right. Um, Because Carrie Butler originated the role, and it's just hilarious, and it's right up my alley. Um, And I think that'd be a blast. And a lot of, so I've auditioned, or I've submitted for a couple theaters that are doing that. Um, and also Elwood. Can you skate? I am, yeah, of course. That's what you say, right? Yeah, I can skate. Yeah. Sure, I can work with animals. Of course. Sure, I can fit in a box. Yeah. It's worked for you so far. I will learn how. Yeah. I can skate okay, but I will skate well enough if the time comes. If only Sonic had made you wear the skates, then you'd. I know, I would. You'd already have that skill now. I missed that opportunity, that's true. Um, so that. It's kind of on my radar right now for some reason. That and Legally Blonde. Um, it's a great show, and a lot of theaters are doing it. And it's a kick-ass lead female who isn't as dumb as sometimes people think. So I think it'd be fun. So that's kind of what I got my my eyes on right now. All right. And because you're not tethered any place, I mean, you could take a job in New Mexico. You could take a job in Toronto. You go anywhere you want. That's kind of the goal. Well so. played. So, like... In, I mean, I don't think any artist really tries to envision the rest of their life. But like, if this was, if you looked back at like, in you're forty five, and you said, and you were doing this the rest of your life, you know, gig to gig, is that a thing that would make you happy? Do you think? I think so. I've always said if I, if there's something else I'd rather do, if I ever find that or feel that, I'll do it. Yeah. And I got pretty close after the beginning of this year. I was doing hairspray, and it was a tough run. It was eight a week. And I got really burned out. And I applied for college online to start taking some courses in psychology. And then I got this gig. So I had I had everything, financial aid, everything was set up to go back to school. And then I got this job. So here I am and having a good time. So if the time comes, I will do something else. But um, see how long I can ride this train. There you go. Well, you, uh, you may have just hinted at the answer to this question. But the question I like to ask all my guests are uh, if I uh, took away from this world all forms of entertainment you you couldn't sing for a living you couldn't dance couldn't act Ugh. couldn't be a magician's assistant like there <laughs> there was no paying entertainment on the planet wow uh what job would you go to i would i would probably delve into adolescent psychology all right um yeah 
I find it interesting what gets established in your life early on that makes you the person you are today, whether or not you have control over that. So that's, as of this point, that's all I've really found that I, I think I could actually do for a living. So yeah, we'll see. Well, fair enough. Uh, anything you want to plug? Anything? You have a website, YouTube videos? I do some... have a website. I made it myself. Um, it's ElizabethClaireBailey.com. All right. And I have um, my reel on there and headshot and resume and some other fun pictures, some of my animals that I got to work with. So, yeah. Very good. I'll be sure to check that out. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. This All was right. fun. Liz Bailey, living the dream. Woo-woo. Huge thank you to Phil Ranton, the Comedy Podcast Network. Original artwork by Tom Burns. Original music by Diana Lawrence. Drop me an email, livingthedreampodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash livingthedreampodcast. If you haven't already done so, subscribe on iTunes. Leave a comment. Rate the show. Next week's guest is director for the Second City, Matt Hovde. Thanks for listening. My name is Rich Baker, and this is Living the Dream. <laughs>